What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. As you know, my name is Ben. I write some videos here at HowStuffWorks.com. And I'm Scott. I'm the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com also. Scott, let me (laughs) tell you, it's great to see you. Uh, We're rounding out the end of the year here, and uh, we've covered so many things this year, man. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, of variety this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, What I do like, though, is we've been working some more motorcycle stuff into the mix. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I think we're going to... I'll make some people happy with what we're going to talk about again today, then. And let's let's continue on that trend with more motorcycles, mm-hmm. right? And uh, what what are we covering today, Scott? Today, we're going to talk about the Trans-America Trail. And what is the Trans-America Trail? <laughs> well, actually, I didn't know what the Trans-America Trail was until very recently. Uh, we had a listener who um, wrote in and requested this. Uh, his name is Clayton. And Clayton says that um, he just wanted to hear something about the Trans-American Trail, which is an off-road trail that moves east to west, covering about four-fifths of the continental U.S. And he just thought it would be much fun to hear more about it. So uh, this one's for Clayton and everybody else out there who likes motorcycle topics. Thanks for writing in, Clayton. And yeah. let's just emphasize that one more time. Four-fifths of an enormous country mm-hmm. and off-road. That's right. East to west, it's, off-road. it's a completely off-road trail. And now that it does follow roads but very little paved road at all and i think it's only just to get across to the other side to uh you know to where the the rest of the trail picks just up. where the trail intersects a road or yeah something. exactly and the, the trail also just to be clear about this and this is from the uh from the website there's a trans america trail or transamtrail.com okay um that's where all this information comes from um the trail is it's it's not a single you know single uh, motorcycle trail that goes through the deep woods and you know it's real tight. This is more like uh, logging roads, forest roads, um, roads that are gravel, roads that are you know covered with um, you know mud and snow and muck sure. and you know grime and everything. It's it's not a uh, it's not a paved road that you can travel like something like a Route sixty six tra- you know route would be to right. drive in a car. Um, this is for specifically for dual sport bike riders. Um, and dual sport bikes are 
uh, kind of like a mix between on-road and off-road motorcycles. You've probably seen them on the road around here. I, I know I have. I've seen a few of them. Um, it's just a uh, it's like an all-purpose on-road, off-road bike. It looks like a it looks like a bike you'd see at a motocross. Yeah, similar. I, you know, with a real high stance. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're talking about. Only it's street legal, and um, so that's the type of bike that you need to uh, to cross this uh, this this trail. And the the wheels are different sometimes too, right? Yeah, they're they're not street wheels. They're not uh, they're not uh, the same pattern or tread that you'd right. find on a street bike. Uh, these are more like the knobby tires, like you'd find on the uh, on the off road bikes. Okay. So, and and I'm sure that you know for this type of ride, you would want to go with something a little more aggressive than what you have normally on there. And you couldn't just to be completely clear about this. If anybody uh, hasn't gotten this sense yet. Let's say it in no uncertain terms. You cannot really take a car on this trail. No, you know what? You you can't because you wouldn't be able to cross some of the uh, just just some of the the deep sand and mm-hmm. snow and and muck and mud and the water crossings. And um, also, there's like you know sections where landslides have happened, and you have to you know traverse that or you have to go around that somehow. Uh, there's just no way to really take a car on this trip and it's not really designed for that anyways this is this is the dream of uh his name is sam and i'll try again here with the uh, last name sam correro c-o-r-r-e-r-o that sounds right correro and um he charted this entire trip he's the one who kind of founded this trail so it's not a designated trail it's Mm. it's it's a route that he has planned from east to west all the way across the united well nearly all the way across the united states It, it stretches from uh, Tennessee to Oregon, I believe, is where it, where it ends, um, and this is like this is like forty eight hundred miles of, you know, intense off road riding. Not not always intense, but for the most part, it is. Wow, that's just uh, the the sheer, I guess, entrepreneurship and pioneer nature of that mm-hmm. makes me feel like I should do more with my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. This is pretty impressive, really. Yeah. I mean, he's he's charted this whole route, and I guess there were there was a time when it did cross some private property farms things like that okay and um i believe that he has now figured a way around all of that so now you know the website says that you know you don't have to make that a concern of yours if you're worried about writing on someone's private property mm-hmm. trespassing um you don't have to worry about that anymore there's ways around any of the private property sections so this is all public public access that you've got here so um you know you can take that concern away this is uh just a just a fun ride really now scott when did this take place when when was the conception you know what i don't know the actual date of conception but i know he's he spent years uh charting this course and it continues to grow he's trying to work it further east i believe so he's trying to find a a further route i think he's always just trying to extend it a little more Mm -hmm. and it's not just one route Um, i'm going to shuffle some papers here but i've got it there there are three paths you can take on this on this uh trip so one goes from like i said tennessee all the way up into oregon Okay. It ends right at the coast, and that's the longest one, correct? That's the longest one. That's the actual. That's the Trans America Trail, and that one is about forty eight hundred miles. So that's a, a long, long trip. I mean, wow. we're talking more than a month to make this trip because um, the average day's ride, I believe he said, is two hundred miles, and okay. doesn't sound like a whole lot, but you realize that that takes from about seven a.m. until about six p.m. every day. Sure, solid riding, and yeah, and that's difficult riding too. That's not um, you know on a street. That's right. not on, on pavement where it's nice and soft and cushy and you've got, you know, I don't know, a McDonald's to pull off to. All, yeah. all, all and add place. to that extreme variations in climate because depending on the time of year, Tennessee, the uh, western United States, and Oregon are very different places. Exactly, yeah. And there's even, you know what, there's even um, 
a time when they suggest that you leave and arrive because of you know the different conditions in certain certain places. And yeah. there's a snow window for the mountain pass. Um, there's a there's an area a time when you know some some places are just impossible to pass because the water's too high or the snow's too deep. Um, so he's got that all charted out here, and mm-hmm. you, you know there's a, a time to leave and a time to arrive, and you know there's a window in there that you need to hit, but. Um, so everybody doesn't have to leave on the same day, of course. But um, you know, if you if you leave too late in the year, you won't be able to make it all the way across. I jumped in a little early. What are the other two trails? Well, the other two trails. There's one that's called the um, Shadow of the Rockies Trail, and that one starts. That is a trail that goes from south to north, and these are these are charted out so that you go a certain direction. They're not charted for the other direction. He's made all these maps and, mm-hmm. and charts. Um, this one goes from again from south to north. Starts at the Mexico border down in looks like in Texas, right at the edge of Texas here, and it goes all the way up to the Wyoming border. And I believe he has plans, and that's thirteen hundred and fifty-six miles right now. I believe there's plans to make that all the way up to the Canadian border. So he wants to extend that up through, um, yeah, that'd be up through Montana. Is that right? Yeah, Montana. Yeah. So um, that's the second trip you can make, and that kind of that goes right through the middle of this one. So I suppose if you wanted to. You could kind of detour and take you know that the rest of that, that mm-hmm. the rest of the way north if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Um, there's one other very short trip, which is really just a one day out and and back trip. Um, but he's trying to make it into a a, a round trip, a two way trip oh, cool. um, on off road, you know, with different ways. So um, that's called the Mississippi Hill Country Ride, and really it only goes through a little bit of Mississippi here, but it goes from uh, from north to south again. Oh, I'm sorry, north and south, which is opposite of the other one. Uh, it goes from Madison, Mississippi to Batesville, Mississippi. And the total length on that one is about 244 miles. So you can see that anybody taking the uh, you know the full Trans-America Trail, of course they're going to be tempted to take this one as well. That's just a, a minor detour at that yeah. point. Yeah, it's another it's another day or two days at that point. Sure. Um, but really, these, these guys spend uh, more than a month out on the trail riding. I mean, you can imagine 4,800 miles, 200 miles at a time, and, um, you know, very, very sparse, uh, yeah. you know, stops in between, I guess. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. this guy, too, now it sounds like Sam is still with us. Is that correct? Yes. Now, what's amazing to me about this, Scott, is the amount of time he has had to spend exploring and mapping mm-hmm. and writing to be able to figure this out. So we have to assume that he has crisscrossed the United States multiple times oh i would think so yeah and there's you know what there was no information on the site about how many how many times he's done this how long he's really spent doing this he may Um, have lost count uh, i bet he has you know because um he even says on his site you know if you contact me i may be out on the trail at the time i'll get back to you as soon as i can whenever that is so he he, you know tells you right up front that i'll be out riding probably when you contact me but um please do anyways i'll get back to you even now. Yeah, even now. Yep. And he's the one who is, you know, he's responsible for putting together all these charts and maps that, mm-hmm. that he has. Um, he put together something called a roll chart, which is kind of cool. And I guess um, a lot of off-road, or actually a lot of motorcyclers use this, um, and rally racers use this as well. Um, it is, a roll chart is just what it sounds like. It's a, it's like a, almost like a mini scroll that attaches to the handlebars of the bike. Yes. And it's, it's paper directions. You know, I've seen those as... Um novelties before but not for uh an actual really and yeah not for an actual riding device you know yeah. like I've, I've never heard of that i i've you know been kind of been looking around at this after i found out about these things that they exist even and um he he sells charts that that are 
in sections that are you know they're, they're the right size for a, a typical roll chart um, machine. I guess I don't know if you want to even call it a machine. A box. It's really it's a box. I guess it's a it's a small box, just a couple inches wide, mm-hmm. a couple inches tall, uh, with a viewing window. It's got two knobs, and you uh, kind of roll the uh, the scroll onto this thing, and you advance it just by turning a knob. It's it's strictly mechanical, mm-hmm. and um, you just kind of roll up a few directions at a time. It either gives you an odometer setting, you know, like you know you go. 0.2 miles and then turn left at the at the next crossing or um you know down it tells you there's a downhill section ahead or there's a water crossing ahead um it shows you just kind of at the at the fork stay left or stay right mm-hmm. um it's real real simple quick easy to look at instructions you know just glance down see what's next and then you know hopefully you can get a couple of these in a row and then advance the scroll just a little bit and then you're on to the next set of directions but it keeps you on the right track because you're really back in the uh, in the middle of nowhere on, yeah. this tra- on this trip, and if you make the wrong turn, you're off the trail, and you wouldn't maybe you wouldn't know that for a while unless you had these step by step directions. And let's just add to defend this, um, you know, because this goes into another one of my uh, big ideas, right, or my big <laughs> assumptions yeah. about anything mechanical is simplicity is key. It's sort of an Occam's razor mm-hmm. application there. You know, if somebody wants to say, well, why don't I just take a GPS? You know, there are multiple problems that could happen with the GPS. Mm-hmm. And what you lose, I guess, in in this kind of scrolling, purely mechanical technology, you lose the continuous updates that you could have for GPS mm-hmm. if you have power, if you have coverage, if the battery's, well, if the battery's working correctly, and if the maps are updated on the GPS. All four of those are big ifs, so I'm completely on board with that. Yeah, I think I mean, it's a great I, idea. I think that he mentions that you know GPS backup is fine. Mm-hmm. He recommends both. The charts are pretty much essential in order to mm-hmm. get through this. And, of course, now Sam sells these you know, because he's the one who's charted the course, and he knows it the best. Yeah. He's, got, he's got all the information. Um, so you, know, you can get all of that information right there and how much they cost for each mm-hmm. section. You can even buy it um, for different sections if you don't want to go the entire way. You, know, you mm-hmm. don't need the full chart set. Um, and he also has detailed maps that have information about elevation and um, gas stops, um, hotels along the way, because there are hotels, you know, within dist- easy distance to get to and from the trail. Sure. Um, and there's, you know, the, the fuel stops, like I mentioned, are, um, I think he said there's nothing over 100 miles in between available fuel stations uh, with an average of 60 miles in between stations. That's the average. So you have to maintain, you know, a close eye on your fuel situation because you don't want to be you know, 60 miles away. Well, I guess you could be 30 miles away from something and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, either forward or back. Um, and he did say that there is one section in Nevada where there's 180 miles between gas stations. So that's just one. one you have to bring extra fuel with you. Huh? Yeah, exactly. That's one That's one passage or one day when you need to bring fuel. Man. Um, so it sounds like, you know, you, there's a lot of planning. Mm-hmm. It's it's someone for who's, you know, really adventurous, really, you know, excited about doing this type of thing. You can, of course, you can camp along the trail, so that's fine, too. And, um, you know, there's recommendation that you bring um, water, you know, like water and a safety kit and uh, yeah. energy bars and things like that. But, you know, you, you'll also see that if you look at the photos, there, there are places where you stop off at the, you know, the local tavern and get, mm-hmm. you know, food there. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of restaurants along the way as well. If there are hotels there, of course, there's going to be things like that around it. Do, do they use the buddy system? They recommend traveling in a group of yeah. some sort? I You know what? I, I, rec- I didn't really see that anywhere, but I would... I would be positive that they would recommend that. I mean, of course, there has to be more than yeah. one. It's kind of like swimming. You know, you could you could be out there. No one would know you're out there. No one would know what happened to you. You could just be swallowed up by 
this mm. trail. You'd never know. Or like rural hiking um, or skiing expeditions mm-hmm. where at the very least what you need to do is have somebody waiting at the end of it and expecting you on a certain day. That's right? that's a very good point. Yeah, tell somebody that you're going mm-hmm. roughly where you'll be each day and uh, you know when to expect you back too because that's important because – I mean, you're talking about a trip that's more than a month long here, uh, mm-hmm. possibly two months long. I don't know. Um, that's a long time to be out in the middle of nowhere. I would so love it, man. I, you know what? I, I think I would too. I've looked at I've, I've looked at the photo galleries on the site, and yeah. if you if you need any kind of encouragement to do something like this, look at the photo galleries on TransamTrail.com, mm-hmm. and and just check it out. Just look at some of the scenery and the, and the uh, just it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I, I mean, you'll see images of motorcycles where you don't see anything on the horizon you almost see that it's almost like you can see the curvature of the earth uh, no you know, road had, signs no road signs it's just yeah. nothing but brush and then you know the, then there's mountains where there's rock slides there are uh, river crossings where it's you know it looks like it's uh, lower than knee deep but you mm-hmm. know the, the motorcycles are up really high so it's a deep water crossing um just beautiful beautiful scenery along the way and I, like i said if you need encouragement to do mm-hmm. something like this just take a look at the gallery and uh that may push you over the edge. You know, my friend, this is the one thing that might actually get me on a motorcycle because, you know, I said I'm, I'm not a biker, yeah. but the idea, i got to admit, it's tempting. It's I, tempting. You know, I'm not either, but, I, you know, something like this is so cool because I, yeah. I like to find the off the uh, off the beaten path roads to drive right, on. exactly. And I, I try to as much as I can, you know, when I can to mm-hmm. get on the smaller roads, and I, I really enjoy that. I can't imagine how enjoyable this would be. This would be yeah. right up my alley. This would be fun. And one, one quick yeah, thing I yeah. need to mention. One of the things in the in the frequently asked questions section was, "Can I ride from west to east?" And for whatever reason, <laughs> he says that you know the, the maps and the charts have been designed strictly for east to west navigation. It says, "Do not even think about attempting to navigate from west to east on this trail." So there's a strong warning: don't go from west to east. I don't know why that is, but all of these have you know the routing is laid out exactly that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he doesn't have a reverse direction. I don't know if it has to do with the weather. Uh, I would guess the weather maybe. It, it may, yeah, it may. And plus, and I guess you could also think that maybe the terrain alters fuel consumption possibly going the other way. I you know I just don't know. That's crazy. That's what I, the second thing I said was crazy. The first one is reasonable. <laughs> but um I don't know man. I I we already jumped the gun because we're both pretty eager about this. So mm-hmm. I guess this is the time we put out the call to uh the rest of our high speed stuff crew which would be you guys the listeners. Um has anybody been on this trail that Clayton wrote to us about and uh if so, you know, we always love to hear from you. As a matter of fact, we love to hear from listeners so much that we should probably check out some listener mail right now, right? Sounds good. All right, so I got a little bit of listener mail here from Eric from Boise, Idaho. Okay, Eric uh, Eric listened to our autocross versus Gymkhana issue. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we did just not long ago. And uh, he said, this is a correction actually, which I'm always glad to get. We love corrections. He competes in um, autocross. Um, competes in autocross, solo two, pro solo, these SCCA events. Oh, cool. And uh, so he said that, um, yeah, let's see, I'm trying to scan through this here, but um, he says that what we mentioned in parts of the episode isn't recognized as Gymkhana in the U.S. They call it autocross, solo two, or pro solo, referring to the mirrored courses that run side by side. Okay. So... I think in that court in that uh, that podcast, I had mentioned that sometimes they run them 
I on mirrored courses left and right, right at the same time, and then come back and finish. You know, and see mm-hmm. who see who has a better time. That's incorrect. I guess that is uh, that is more of an autocross or solo event. So, um, and he competes. He competes in a he races in a '92 Mazda Miata, and even sent some video links uh, to us or a video link to us of him running in the SCCA Pro National Tour in Wendover, Utah. And I watched that video. It was pretty cool. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty fast. It was a it was a cool thing to watch. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was it was neat. But I you know I always appreciate getting something like that because mm-hmm. I I really thought that Jim kind of had the the uh, the mirrored setup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. It just must have skipped me. I guess I guess they just do the one course at a time, one car at a time. Well, um, l- luckily we've got we've got some races you could fill us in, man. That's why we asked about it. Yep, definitely. Um, so I guess that pretty much wraps things up for this latest episode of High Speed Stuff. Scott, do you have anything to say? Nah, I'm done. Then the only thing that I have to say is please do send us an email about anything on your mind at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.